Hey now, hey now, hey now. Welcome to the Materialist Podcast, mini episode number three. What's on Nigel's shelves? Nigel Rudolph, public archaeology coordinator with FPAN Central Region, with another solo cast here, examining some of the objects that I surround myself with on a daily basis as we are here during our shelter at home, stay at home, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, time period, trying to fend off, going stir crazy, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to look at some of these objects, these material things that I have surrounding me on a daily basis, and examine them a little bit closer. My wife and I are both ceramic artists and collectors of ceramic objects, and so I thought this would be a great chance to speak to some of the makers of these objects and find out what they think about this idea of do objects have agency, which, as you know, is the central theme of the Materialist podcast in general. I think makers have a very unique perspective on this idea of material culture studies, but really we're just going to be talking about what motivates these folks to make objects of utility. You know, what is behind that that desire to make something that somebody will use? So, episode three, coming at you, starring Donna Flannery, ceramic artist from Missoula, Montana. All right, here we go. Hi, thanks for having me, Nigel. That's really cool. <laughs> I love the podcast. My name is Donna Flannery, and I am a potter, and I live in Missoula, Montana, and I paint and draw imagery on my pots. And I'm also the studio manager at the Clay Studio of Missoula, which is a community arts studio here in town. I didn't know you were the, the manager out there. I don't know why I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Um, after my residency. So in 2017, I started that job. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is it yeah. still, is there still snow on the ground out there? No, but we've had snow as recently as a week ago, but it didn't <laughs> stick, it didn't stick around. Uh, Florida, Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah. How's the weather in Florida? Oh my Lord. It's hot. Well, Donna, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is because we have several of your objects on our little display shelves here in our house. And I will post a picture of the cup I'm speaking about on the Instagram and in the show notes. Um, but it's a mug that Cheyenne got from you that has two women on it, one before baby and after baby. And this cup had a big impact on her life before she was pregnant, while we were trying, and then after she had the baby. And she still uses it today when she's like looking to like get some mom energy. <laughs> um, oh, and so there's, so sweet. yeah. And so there's a, there's, you know, the whole premise of the Materialist podcast is this idea that objects have agency. And I could think of no better example than how Cheyenne reacts. She's sort of empowered by this cup. Well, that's so wonderful to hear. I um, didn't remember the cup until you showed it to me, but definitely like mothers with children, fathers with children has like been like a reoccurring theme, even like long before I was thinking about having kids of my own. So always been really attracted to that theme. Yeah, yeah. So you do a lot of illustration, a lot of painting. Um, I know you're really influenced by comics. You draw comics. They're amazing. Uh, 
what is it about the vessel? Why, why not just paint it on a sheet what, or a, a piece of paper? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a really um, kind of unique experience to um, read an image on a three-dimensional object. Mm. So, um, you know, the, you know, like holding it in your hand is a very like intimate way to view a painting or drawing. You get to touch it and like view it from different angles. You get to like pick your favorite angle <laughs> and look at that. But also kind of like similar to comics, it's kind of read like uh, in a linear way. So comics are like, you know, one panel, second panel and so on. And um, the story develops over time, but uh, pots can be that way too. If there's like two sides, you can't look at them at the same time. So something is sort of like revealed as you turn it in your hand. And so I really love that about it. Um, so yeah, I think they're both, you know, versions of basically the same kind of storytelling. So what's, what's your background in ceramics? Did you start off as a potter and then the painting came in? Yeah, definitely started making pots first um, at a community college in Idaho. And I think like a lot of people, I didn't think I was an artist. And I thought that clay could be like something kind of creative I could do that was like low pressure, doesn't have to be artistic. And then it sort of, uh, you know, introduced me to the world of making. And mm -hmm. so then when I became an art major, then I started taking, you know, painting classes also ended up combining them. But um, yeah, clay was sort of like the, the gateway drug. In art. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you want the user of these cups to interact with it? Like, do you have expectations for how this vessel will be used? I mean, obviously a coffee cup will probably be used for, you know, drinking some kind of beverage out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, really it's a, you know, it's a communication between me and the user. So I do anticipate that it'll be sort of like an intimate, um, intimate uh, exchange or interaction that they're going to, you know, oftentimes there's um, not necessarily like hidden imagery, but there's things that aren't like read as uh, on the surface of the image, you know, that maybe after using it a few times, you notice like, oh, there's a clock in the background or something. So little things like that, I'm, I like to imagine the user um, kind of absorbing, you know, as the owner of the object. But, you know, I realize like as a maker, there's just like a lot of a lot of the experience that's sort of out of my hands once I put something out in the world. You know, I almost never like know who the person is that's going to like own or use the object. So um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You just kind of kind of give it up and um, they can react and interact with it however they're going to. Right. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm really happy with that, you know. Um, definitely prefer when people actually end up using my pots. Occasionally, somebody will tell me that they love it so much they had to put it on the shelf, and then <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bummed to hear that because then those, like, more subtle interactions don't happen. It's always been so frustrating to me is when people are like, oh, this is so beautiful, I could never think to use it. And I'm like, that's the literally the entire reason I'm making this work you know, is to get it in your hand. Uh, you can yeah. use it. And thank you. It's a compliment at the same time, but it's right. Also yeah. And I recognize I can't really have control over that either, but. Mm -hmm. um, so this podcast is rooted in archeology span and material culture studies. Did you look and coming, coming up with your ceramic style, did you look at any historical objects to, as influence, any references that you put into your work now? Yeah, I mean, I think initially I was looking at more contemporary artists because they were people who were making things, you know, uh, maybe 50 years ahead of me. Uh, they were more visible. Mm -hmm. So people like Rudy Adio and uh, like Viola Fry, 
but then like digging a little deeper, looking at their sources, you know, it's definitely like a lot of it just goes right back to China. <laughs> so there's all these beautiful painted um, pots, China, uh, Islam, and then, you know, like very old Greek pots. I love like my, probably my favorite historic pots are like the Greek amphoras with like the registers of black and red figures. And yeah, those are comics, aren't they? Oh yeah. They're just totally red in a linear fashion, like a, like a comic. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what is it about comics? What, what draws you to comics so much besides them being fun? Well, um, I guess, you know, it's, uh, the sequential artist workshop there in Gainesville. Have you taken a class there? I or haven't, no. spent, But you've probably been to an opening or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a class from there. I took a class there from Tom Hart and he was the one who pointed this out to me that like, um, these Greek M4s are comics <laughs> and it really just like, you know, sent off this light bulb in my head that like I am actually making comics. This is his activity that he suggested where you just like every day you do like this quick little four panel comic of like anything that happens. It's very like low pressure. It doesn't have to be interesting or well drawn or anything, but it's just like a way of like collecting imagery. Mm -hmm. And so this is like a great like thing to have for when I'm in the studio and I have like, you know, 10 blank pots that need painted and, you know, it's very hard to just like grab um, good ideas from thin air. But if you have like a, <laughs> if you have like a catalog of ideas that you can like pick and choose the best, you know, so from the comics, I can just sort of look and see like, oh, are there like images that are sort of reoccurring or maybe just like a little vignette that I want to like expand upon or blow up or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just like created like a really great material source for me to work from. What is it about? storytelling that is so appealing to you particularly on your ceramic work so i'm really increasingly interested in just like people's personal stories i think there's like so much power in just sharing your own personal perspective and getting to read that of other people so i think the personal is universal Mm -hmm. you know you can kind of recognize yourself in other people's experience so yeah, keeping a diary comic during this like time of COVID has felt really important, even though I know my experience is like pretty ordinary and like unexceptional. I just think it's really important to like remember these times and also to like share in our common like experience. Yeah. Well, it's comforting, isn't it? It's like the fear of being alone in the world and alone in your experiences. And I think that's when all this COVID stuff first started um i know we were pretty high anxiety about like oh my god like how is this impacting our lives like personally right and that's still a concern but at the same time every single house on this block and in this neighborhood in the city and the state is they're having that same question Um, yeah and so i think that sort of commonality of the life story is is really comforting to know that um that you fit somewhere within that sort of a paradigm. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you feel like this is maybe the first time in our lives where we can say that like everybody on the planet is sort of like having a common experience right now. It can be very different. I mean, I'm sure it is in very different uh, circumstances. You know, we're all kind of like thinking about Mm. the same thing all at the same time. So when you were in school here, you're using primarily low fire red terracotta clay, um, which is a very old material. But I, I understand you recently mixed up your material choices. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, well, I was m- making that body of work for, I've been making it for, I think, like 14 years now, wow. the terracotta body. And um, 
my sister ran this experiment for me unknowingly where she has pots of mine, quite a few, and she ran them through the dishwasher for 14 years. And they like, they just did not hold up. And, and mm -hmm. like the drawing is wearing off. You know, I know that um, when people ask me, I tell them that my pots should be hand washed. But then, you know, I recognize that they are going to go in the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, you know, maybe it's just this feeling of like uh, mortality or something, but I really want my pots to last forever now. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Well, they so, will uh, in some form. Yeah. Uh, but maybe and, not the imagery. Well, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I don't want to talk uh, smack about terracotta because I know that it, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no real reason why it's not like an archival material. It is, mm -hmm. but um, just the, the, the painterly imagery that I was trying to achieve on it or that I do achieve with it um, does not hold up to the dishwasher. So, so how are um, you liking the results of the stoneware? Oh, really good. I've only done like a few firings and they're group firings. So there's not like a whole lot of pots um from this body of work yet like you know having a kid like my making time scale is like really different now yes it is. i'm fine with <laughs> you know worth it so basically what i'm doing is like a a stoneware with like a white glaze on top and then painting under glaze on top of the glaze before i fire it so it's sort of like a high fire mayoka effect but it's very watercolory mm. and um doing some inlay like line work of like a a darker glaze so um, you've been out of school since when? I forgot when you graduated. 2015. So you've been out of school since... 13. 2013. Oh, yeah. That's which I ended, too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you graduated in 2013, and now you have a young son. How old is Simon? Uh, he's going to be 21 months tomorrow. These are really big changes to happen to any person, let alone an artist. Um, and you mentioned how your time in the studio has changed. Do you find that you're having to, one, change the objects that you're making or changing, say, the time you're making or the quantity you're making? Or um, how, how has this impacted your studio? Well, yeah, because, because the time and the quantity are lower, um, I feel that I don't have time to make things that aren't like exactly what I want to be making. You know, if somebody has a commission, it has to be something that I really want to do. Um, I'm also not interested in making things just for sale, uh, even though I want the things to sell. Like it has to be something I'm really interested in making. So it has meant like trying to make larger things or like more significant pieces like um, platters and mm. um, things like that. And I do feel like not urgent about making. I feel like, you know, we have a lot of years left for making and um, I wanted to have a kid for so long and, you know, he might be my only one. So I'm trying to really savor it. You know, I've got like a huge backlog of things that I want to make, but they're just going to be there when I get to them. So. One of the um, things that I, I experienced and I think Cheyenne experienced to some degree that's similar um, we, yeah, I'm curious. We express ourselves creatively in many different ways, and the studio is just one kind of facet of that expression of creativity. Um, uh -huh. And so, um, regardless of whether you're in the studio making something, you're you're getting that um, creativity out into the world in some capacity, whether it's helping the baby draw or whatever it could be. <laughs> right. And I think that's a way healthier way to experience this this time. I know. 
Yeah, it really has gotten very creative. To, um, like when he was a super tiny baby, I, I didn't think that was a very creative time for me. But um, right. now that he's like very interactive and he has all these ideas and I get to, you know, try to come up with ways to like teach and entertain and like, yeah. yeah, it's a very creative, being a mom is very creative, being a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you find that some of those ideas are revealing themselves in your comics and in uh, on your pots as well? Like, Oh, you- definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The things that show up on my pots are the things that he's interested in. You know, it's like um, <laughs> trains and boats and the, you know, whatever animal turtle he's mm. like the most interested in is like um, featuring prominently lately, you know? And uh, I feel like, you know, I've always known that kids liked my pots, but now I feel like I could actually make pots for kids hmm. because I actually know, or at least I know what this one kid likes. And um, I think I can riff off of that, to, you know. He's probably not an anomaly. Like there's probably, you know, <laughs> right. as, as, as special and as wonderful as, and unique as we think our children are, there's probably lots of kids that have similar ways. Yeah, of lots of overlap. Yeah, I really, I want to make pots for kids now. It's too bad that they're not like the consumers, right? Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Where can people find out more information about the amazing ceramic artist, Donna Flannery? <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. Um, DonnaFlannery.com is my website that I need to update. And I do more posting on Instagram and Facebook. Just Donna Flannery. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Donna, for being oh, thank on you, Nigel. the podcast. If you would like more information on Donna Flannery, you can find her at her website, DonnaFlannery.com. That's D-O-N-N-A-F-L-A-N-E-R-Y. You can email her at DonnaFlannery at gmail.com. You can also find her on the Art Access website. It's a really cool website that has a ton of different artists, ceramic artists on it. So check that out. Um, Just search for Donna Flannery. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in to another mini episode. On behalf of my regular co-host, Becky O'Sullivan, who is the Public Archaeology Coordinator at FPAN West Central, thank you. Um, If you would like more information on FPAN, please go to fpan.us. Thanks to Have Gun Will Travel for the use of their song. Check out more information about Have Gun Will Travel, including info on... Matt Burke, the lead singer's little solo Facebook concerts that he's putting on every Wednesday. They're really cool. Go to hgwtmusic.com. If you'd like to holler at me or Becky, please reach us at materialistpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on all the social medias. So reach out. We'd love to hear from folks. Stay tuned for another episode dropping next Friday. Plan is to release these every Friday. So we'll catch y'all on the flippity flip.